0: The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week. Only at
2: McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Now back to On the Block with Stricken Austin on 93.7 the ticket and the ticketfm.com. this is on the block 937 the ticket and the ticket fm.com streaming worldwide on facebook youtube twitch and twitter also on allo channel 951 for those of you with allo cable or phone allo does sponsor our vip line they understand exceptional service with local heart and we go there now we welcome in our man in ACC country, Mr. Andrew Alex. Andrew, not a lot of games going on in your neck of the woods this week, but I think there's a lot of a lot of interesting games, a lot of interesting matchups to keep keep eyes on. Um, I'll start with the night game. No, no ranking with either of these teams. It's Clemson and Miami. For me, this is an inflection point of the season for both of these teams. Is there a team between Clemson and Miami that needs this win worse? Uh, I would
0: say that Miami probably needs the win worse in terms of overall proof of concept, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're Mario Cristobal, you come in and mixed results in year one, that's somewhat to be expected. Uh, but ultimately, at the end of the day, in year two, especially in a place like Miami, that's where you're going to want to see the results. Right, at least you're going to want to see significant progress. For a minute here, early on in the season, especially with a signature whatever Texas A&M, it looked like it was heading in that direction. But now you kind of watch as the season's going, and you lose the Clemson here, and suddenly there's the impression that you know once again at Miami you things are sort of falling apart at the seams midway through the season, and culturally as, the, as a program, that's where they tend to start folding. So I, I think, from the morale perspective at Miami, that's absolutely crucial. Again, yeah, I lend Debo Sweeney a little bit more leeway just because of the success they've had in the past.
2: Miami hasn't won a game in conference play yet. Clemson sitting right in the middle at two and two. What do you make of the the direction of Clemson? I think we wrote them off after they lost to Duke in Week One, but they're they're still four and two. It looks like they're going to make it to a bowl game. Is Clemson just a, an average 8 and 4 team? Do they have an outside chance to get to that 10-win mark they've reached under Dabo, you know, every year? Where are you at with Clemson at the midway point of their season?
0: Yeah, I mean, at the midway point in their season, I see a team that I thought at least was improving significantly on offense, you know, following that Duke game, but I mean, you know, your first question was hard, right? Because despite everything that I said about Miami, for Clemson Yeah, you know, you lost to Duke, you beat the no-name teams. you handled Syracuse, you hung in there a little bit closer than maybe some fans would have anticipated against a team like Florida State, given where they are this year. But then you play a really bad Wake Forest team close, and that's when you start to wonder if this offense has some fundamental issues uh, that need to be addressed. Things do not get easier for the Clemson Tigers. In the second half of the season, they have a rough schedule. As the ACC goes, you got Miami here. Then you have NC State. They're a little bit down. Notre Dame. It's gonna be an interesting game. Georgia Tech. They should probably win. North Carolina. Again, that looks like a toss-up. Given where Clemson is right now, and then you know the Clemson South Carolina game, a game that I think could go either way. So, given the schedule, yeah, maybe they are eight and 14. I I think that's what, if you put the odds on all the game, they'd be favored to win about four more games. So, you know, maybe are they better than the average ACC eight and 14? I'm sure they are, but it's not dominant Clemson that we saw with Trevor Lawrence, uh, Deshaun Watson, and all the other NFL names that you could say from that era. It seems like they've taken a bit of a step back, and a lot of that can be blamed on uh, Dabo's lack of embracing of the transfer portal and other new aspects of college
1: football. Andrew, as you look up and down the ACC right now, um, there's a lot of teams that are kind of mediocre or down a little bit. Uh, Is North Carolina, is it fool's gold? Because their schedule, they haven't really been tested, tested. Um, I think, like you said, the Clemson game is going to give them one, but are they really one to uh, to 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 make a, a a shot at Florida State, or is it kind of just fool's goal just based on the schedule right now, and they're just happen to
0: be better than than the teams that they they've played so far? Well, you know, Strick, that's an interesting question, and, and it's important to note that yeah, they have beaten the teams in front of them. Now, uh, you know, Pitt is kind of a cakewalk this year, and Minnesota's not very good. South Carolina. Yeah, they've been there losing some games, but they still got a lot of talent on that roster, but they've won the games that are in front of them. Uh, yeah, they'll have roughly two actual test on the schedule, and that's versus Duke and at Clemson. Now, how pivotal that is, that Duke game, right? I mean, Duke's a team that's right in the lick of the ACC championship race as well. You know, they've lost their matchup to the Florida State, but if they can get Riley Leonard back, there's a chance we can schedule for Duke that... They could be making a run at the ACC championship, so that's going to be a very big one. Obviously, Clemson's going to be a very big one. How do I feel about them? Well, I've always been very suspect about North Carolina's defense under Mac Brown, uh, even dating back before Mac Brown. Offense has always been the strength of their group, but the defense does look a little bit improved. And you know, it's all going to fall on the shoulders of Drake May and how he can elevate this team. He is a guy who, as I'm sure you guys know and talked about. Has a decent chance to be either the number one or two pick in this year's upcoming NFL draft. He is a talent, and a lot of ACC teams have seen that firsthand. Can the defense hold up, and can May elevate them? Because what you'll see with North Carolina is, as goes the quarterback, so goes the team. If he plays out of this world, they'll win. If he plays just good, you know a lot of toss-up games are, are, are just that—toss-up games
1: i have I have one more, and I'm gonna let my my partner austin uh go ahead and start slinging uh pitches at you fastballs uh so that you can see if you can hit them out of the park but listen um Florida state Florida State right now sits to the number fourteen. Are there games for the rest of their season that could kind of let somebody squeak in and and kind of you know sneak them at the end, or you know are they just that good that the committee's just if they run it, if they run a the game and they run a the table? That they they they'll probably fill the spot and, and have a chance to get in there, and sneak in at three or four.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, if Florida State runs the table, they will be in the college football playoff, no doubt about it. Uh, one loss, I mean, it really just depends on how they look, and I guess who that loss is too. Let's imagine that that loss comes tomorrow against Duke, seven thirty p.m. National Television ABC. <laughs> If that's your only loss then you go back and avenge it and Duke's like a two-loss team, then, I mean, it would really just depend on things outside of their control. You know, how's the rest of the country stacking up? We know that they're going to give credence to a two-loss SEC team. We know that both Ohio State and Michigan right now are trending for you know, a possibility where, you know, if Ohio State has a loss to Michigan, and vice versa. And I think the committee is going to have a hard time putting that team on the outside looking in. So my gut instinct right now is, given the strength of schedule, a one-loss Florida State would be on the outside looking in. But, again, I, I think that that's something that we have to see what happens nationwide before we can you know definitively say it. But right now today, my gut instinct would be no.
2: One more on Florida State. I, I feel like since about week f- four or five, maybe, which again, just a couple few weeks ago, Florida State was one of the hot tickets in town. You know, They were back, they're here, they've arrived. I feel like the hype's cooled off in Florida State. Are they, are we are we sleeping on them a little bit, given that they're in that number four spot in line for a college football playoff berth? Uh, did the Boston College game, even Clemson hanging with them, expose some cracks that made the ACC go, huh, they're good, but not unbeatable. What's your read on just how good this Florida State team is?
0: Um, I read on just how good this Florida State team is. Is their team that could probably hang in there, uh, you know, with a national championship contender? But I, I don't think that you know I would envision them. I wouldn't pick them to go out there and beat Georgia, Ohio State, or Michigan. Now, mm-hmm. can that? Can you still be in that category and still be in the top? five, six teams in college football, yeah, hey, you absolutely can. I mean, you look at the one four matchup with the college football playoff historically, and it's usually a pretty lopsided game, right? So, right. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if Florida State's all there yet.
3: That being said, you look at the- What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify?
0: talent they have uh you know on both sides of the ball especially at the skill positions offensively and knowing that some of these guys are newer to the program a lot of transfers on that team it's the kind of team that you would anticipate just like we saw last season they're going to finish the season stronger than they started it off but i mean they also haven't lost since like october of last year so you know it, it it's kind of hard to truly doubt them, but I I would say in terms of being in the conversation with Ohio State and Georgia, probably not there yet.
2: We haven't touched on two games in the ACC this weekend. We'll skip over Boston College and Georgia Tech. That's just a bunch of blah, which is why it's at (laughs) 11 Central, noon Eastern. Um, But the 2.30 Central game, Pitt and Wake Forest, these two teams have fallen off. Is it as simple as uh, Slovis, Addison, Abandicanda gone for Pitt, uh, Hartman transfers out. A.T. Perry gone for Wake Forest. Is it something more with coaching, recruiting? How have both those teams fallen back into mediocrity after great years a couple of years ago?
0: Well, here's what I'll tell you. Both these teams are not teams that recruit very strong historically. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're, uh, In the case of Pitt, it's a team where you know, they're probably recruiting in the, at least nationally speaking, low 30s to high 40s, and Wake Forest is usually like, way at the bottom of the barrel. Now, what Wake Forest does well is, you know, they get these under the radar guys, red shirt, almost everyone, unless you're out of this world talent, which again, Wake Forest isn't tending to get out of high school, and they do it the old fashioned way. Like everyone goes through the program, they, their team is juniors and seniors starting, but yeah, like you know, when you lose Sam Hartman, like the all time leading passer in the history of the ACC, you're going to take a step backwards. When you get young on the offensive line, suddenly, you know, that next crowd of prospects that was behind the ones that you had uh, isn't all there. Like, yeah, you know, that could happen. So because they're not getting the highest level of talent to start, then, yeah, I mean, it's not incredibly surprising. But they've been a disaster at quarterback. Mitch Griffiths mm-hmm. just hasn't been good. Uh, I mean, I was at the game when they played Virginia Tech. They brought in the backup. The backup wasn't very good either. <laughs> I think they pulled him and put Griffiths back in. So yeah, quarterback's an issue. And quarterback's also the issue at Pitt. Now, I don't think Pitt's going to be down for long. They have a really strong program over there. They got young real fast. So I wouldn't blame either of the coaches. I think both of the coaches have shown you know, historically over the course of the last, I don't know, five or so years, that the way that they do things means you can build a sustainable ACC football program that's always going to be in full contention, uh, and then sometimes you'll pop off and be good. Mm -hmm. but that being said everyone shows chinks in their armor at some point and uh, you know this is just one of those down years for both programs so now my stock on either of those coaches uh, hasn't dropped precipitously in any way shape or form
2: Claussen with his slow mesh RPO has revolutionized things a little bit at least on the Wake Forest front but Narduzzi at Pitt and Elko at Duke which program should be more worried about losing their guy potentially to the Michigan State opening
0: Uh, that's a great question uh, I would say you'd probably be more worried about Narduzzi because number one, you need to jump ship when you're down, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's not like he knows he has a great roster coming back next season, uh, given what we've seen on the field so far for them this year. Uh, but I think that he would be more inclined to take it where I think Elko may be sniffing out an SEC job, potentially mm-hmm. even the school that he came from. Ooh. I, I, I think that if Texas A&M opens up, he's going to be a name at the top of the list. And, I mean, right now, if you take a peek into what's going on at Texas A&M, people are not so happy with Jimbo Fisher right now. You know, When you're compensated like the number one team, you tend to finish anywhere between the low top 25 and unranked, with maybe one exception, that being the weird COVID year. People start to ask questions. And uh, that's what's happening right now at Texas A&M. And you know, I, if I was a team that could snatch another Power Five coach, and I'm doing it's a coaching search right now, Texas A&M is going to be at the top of the list. So they can pay literally ungodly amounts of money. And yeah, I mean, if I'm Elko, that, that seems like a place where you, know, you can be good at Duke, but at Texas A&M, you really have the potential to take it into overdrive. And I don't think he'd turn that down. So yeah, the answer
2: to your question is not doozy. That's that's my side thought. <laughs> okay, so on that AM train of thought, Jimbo was, you know, the big name, won a national championship. They threw the, you know, back the Brinks truck up for him. Does Texas A and M's identity and how it thinks of itself, even even if Elko's good and he has one of their own, would they be able to resist going for another splash higher, or do you think it would do him some good to go for a, you know, lower key, still good football coach in Elko?
0: Uh, I mean, like the question is going to be, like, well, what is that splash hire?" right? Like, who's sure. available? <laughs> uh, because, I mean, everyone's got pros and cons. I mean, Jimbo was, you know, he was the hot ticket. He was the guy, and he had done it before. And it's hard to look at a coach like that and say, oh, no, we, we wouldn't want him, right? But,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I mean, it, it comes down to execution. And that's where, you know, these decisions – are really made in, you know, essentially that interview process. Like, how does X big name fit your culture, your program identity, what you're trying to build? Does he have the experience showing that he's done it before? You give pros and cons there, and ultimately it's up to the athletic director to make the decision. So I happen to think that Elko would be a great fit. I don't know what the alternative would be there. Uh, and I, so it's hard to answer that question without the alternative being presented. But I, I think that Elko's is as hot a name as anyone. You know, I, I think that I would put him in the conversation like to see what he is doing at Duke at Duke mm-hmm. is unbelievable. And it's not like he inherited a great roster, he inherited a quarterback, and that is a big part of the battle. But the rest of it, you know, it comes down to developing the guys that were in the room. And that was a Duke team that was a doormat in the close final season. He brought them to a bowl in year one. Could even be an ACC championship in year two.
2: Andrew, you've taken a lot of your time, but I do have to ask you about ACC hoops. Just just kind of generally, I am, full disclosure, wearing my Duke quarter zip and my Duke shoes with counting down to Craziness. snut. I'm looking for my Blue Devils to make a, a good impression on Cooper Flag on his last official visit. What's the buzz around ACC hoops? Is it going to be a, a better year than it has the last few? Or are you going to get some actual strong teams at the top of the conference, or is it more of the same where you get some, you know, three, four, five seed line teams and, you know, hope for a run out of a Miami or someone like that from, from down the seed line.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, right now it seems to be trending more of the same. I mean, I'd have to, well, I'll admit I haven't done my full evaluation of Georgia Tech's basketball (laughs) roster. I don't blame you. At this point, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little football crazy right now, but You know, overall, just the way that things are trending, a lot of these teams, you know, the Boston Colleges, the Wake Forests, uh, you know, even the Virginia Techs, you expect them to make a big move in the transfer portal if they're going to take a big step forward and become like, you know, and maybe one of them will surprise you as an NCAA tournament team, but, you know, you, you could still get seven, eight teams in there in a best possible case scenario, but, You know, yeah, and I'm sure you remember, Austin, even as close as, you know, 2019, like the 18, 19 season, that Mm -hmm. was Virginia Tech's best year that they've ever had in the basketball program. And they were the fifth best team in the conference. They lost to Duke in the Sweet 16. You know, that was a team at the number five, six slot in the ACC, like they were actively competing that could have, like, you know, they were a talented enough team to win the national championship. You know, outside of your Dukes, your North Carolinas, uh, you know, I, I I don't think UVA is going to be back there. But, I mean, Louisville being a dumpster fire right now, mm-hmm. obviously uh, takes away one of your perennial teams. Syracuse being on a downturn. Again, historically powerful basketball program that you know, just ain't it right now. So mm-hmm. I don't see enough progress at those schools. to so think the ACC maybe the juggernaut that it's been in your past. Uh, so I, I hope one day we can get back at it in that direction. But it doesn't okay.
2: seem like it could be soon. We'll pick your brain for more ACC hoop stuff moving forward. Definitely some ACC football as we get into conference title races. Andrew, as always, we appreciate the time, man. Talk again soon. Hey, love talking to you guys. Always good to uh, talk ACC football with the great folks of Nebraska. Absolutely. There he is, Andrew Alex of 24-7 Sports. joins us on our Allo VIP line uh, where they understand exceptional service with local heart. We'll step aside, wrap up on the block with the crossover DP in the building. Jay's still on the road. On the block comes to a close in just a minute.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time.